The following program is produced and powered by straightradio.com. Hip-hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap, DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and graffiti. It's so Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip-Hop, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. And I'm Mr. Biggs, a.k.a. So Sonic Biggs, and I got my opponent, Jay, with me, Charlie R-O-C-K in the city. Working on your body, Mr. Biggs. Ooh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got my man TK with the wine of the week. Yo, yo, yo. What up? What up? And we're going to be reaching out today to my man Ed Papers. Oh, my man, my man, Ed Papers, formerly Tricky T, right? Tricky T. Yes, Tricky indeed. T laid it down in the early 70s in this hip-hop world. Absolutely, absolutely. A, a, a member of the extended version of the, of, of uh, the Zulu Nation, the Universal Zulu Nation, and uh, coming out of Eden Wall Projects back in the day. Actually, him and I played football together in college, and uh, he was a decent ball player. Really? I didn't even know that. I would have never associated anything athletics or anything with him. Oh, yeah, he was a hell of an athlete. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, he was That's a, interesting. And then I'm reaching out to this brother um, from California. He's going to go into sampling, how sampling played a big role in hip-hop, oh. the early part of sampling. And um, I would attempt his name, but I'm not going to even attempt it because it looked like he got every letter in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and, wow. Okay, so so we're gonna wait to hear the name, and I'm gonna take a crack at uh, trying to pronounce it. You know, maybe I'll go phonetically. I don't want to feel about it with that, and something like that. So, man, like, how was your week? Uh, uh you know, very quiet, very mellow. You know, we're, we're um, really in the home stretch of getting this thing together for the Oldville Old Timers reunion. Right, a lot and, of that's coming up. Oh yeah, absolutely. July 13th over there in Agnes Haywood Park, or outside of it, actually on um, 215, 216th Street and Barnes Avenue. And, you know, as you know, we do this every year. It's been going on for like 40-something years now. Mm-hmm. But we're really stepping things up because aside from the Old Timers reunion, we have the association, the Oldville Old Timers Association, and we are doing other things, particularly with youth. That's so we're looking up. at doing some educational programs, uh, job readiness, uh, recreational activities. And what I'm really looking at, Mr. Biggs, so we talked about athletics. Uh, one of the things I'm looking at doing with this organization is doing non-traditional sports. And by that, I mean sports that are not traditionally played in the inner city. Okay. You know what I mean? We all got basketball players. We got some football players. Most of the, the, the baseball is kind of primarily Hispanic now. Mm-hmm. But there are a whole lot of other sports out there. What are you talking Aquatic about? Aquatic sports. Like tennis and stuff like yes, that? Yes, yes. Tennis, bowling, aquatics, golf, fencing, crew, lacrosse. You know, and the reason that I'm talking about that is because, see, when you go to these prep schools, exactly. which are the bro- the breeding grounds for the Ivy League institutions in corporate America, True. starts in those prep, and that's what they play there. True. You know? So when you get the job, Tyrone doesn't get a job from, 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 from Leroy, but Scooter and Skip and Muppy and, you know, who went <laughs> to the prep school, they look out for each other. And, and, and the concept of it is that you know, it's creating a gateway for our kids. And then it also give them the opportunity to get scholarships and those because um, years ago, I don't know if you remember TK, used to be a guy that used to um, teach kids how to play field hockey. Yep. Yeah. At um, Clinton. Yep. 
And um, a lot of kids went on to those prep schools. Yes, from indeed. From inner city kids, and they got scholarships for playing field hockey. Absolutely, and that's what I was thinking about. Mr. Biggs, you hit it right on the head because I'm looking at opportunities and gateways that are not usually open to our children. And so, yeah, scholarships. People don't understand. There's scholarships for fencing, for crew, for aquatics. Harvard, they are like at the bottom of the barrel for Ivy League and basketball and things like that. Mm. But they are globally recognized for things like crew, you know, mm-hmm. aquatic sports and all that. And see, it open up. It opens up a different world to our kids, and that's where the corporate world is. There's no uh, coincidence that some of the biggest deals that are swung are swung on the golf course, yep. where we are not. <laughs> you see what I mean? There's a there's method to that. It isn't just about keeping us out to keep us segregated. It's to keep us out of certain worlds. You know, a lot of deals are also at dog shows. Yes, yes. Like, Absolutely. Multi-million dollar deals go down at dog shows. Yes, they do. And you know what else? Equestrian sports. Yep. With the horses and pro, all that stuff. So I am looking to do non-traditional sports, introduce some of our urban teens, male and female, to er, to non-traditional urban sports so we can open up some different gateways. You might not be able to play basketball, but you may have a talent at fencing that you had no idea existed because you never tried it. You know what I mean? So just giving an opportunity for other things. In addition to that, um, tutoring. Oh, and SAT big, preparation. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. What happened with the SAT preparation? a little was, hip-hop class in there, too. Oh, no, that's going to be part of it. That's <laughs> some of the methodology I'm going to use. Mr. Big, you know. You already know. And and, and the thing, what, what brought the SAT thing about, right, um, as some people may know, I was teaching for a number of years. I've been in education for a lot of years, but I was teaching one of the high schools up in the Bronx, and there were a number of young men and women, all, all African-American and Hispanic. They, I don't think there were any... Might have been three white kids in the entire school. Literally. Wow. And they were very smart, very intelligent, had good grades. Couldn't get into good schools because they couldn't pass the SAT. They couldn't score well on the SAT. And the SAT is all about preparation. Exactly. It's all about preparation, unless, you know, you have some intrinsic talent. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that does happen. I know people like that and, you know. I did well on the SAT, and I hadn't even been in school for a while when I was running around. But that's another story. <laughs> but you know, but um, it's really about preparation. And is. yeah, and you see those young uh, white kids in more affluent communities. And this is not a racial statement, but it is what the demographics are, because when they're in those schools, they don't have to rely on outside money. Their parents support the PA. They don't have to rely on, the, the teachers ain't having to buy books, the parents do it. See, we don't have that up here. Not at all. You see what I mean? So when they're Not doing, they're paying for them to get SAT prep or it, the ones who aren't cheating, because we know about that, it just recently <laughs> happened. You I know. was about to it's say, funny, like, uh-oh. It's funny you say SAT because I remember when I when I was in high school yes. years ago, Yes. you know, I was being recruited big by Penn State, and yep. all I had to do was get a, a nice score on SAT. Yes. But back then, we knew nothing about SAT. Right now, picture SAT. We got a game at 12 o'clock, right? They said I got an SAT test. I had to be there at 8. And I just finished, we just finished um, a party at 123. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so absolutely. we got a party at 123. 
And when I took the SAT, I literally, I opened up the booklet and actually didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like what you said, that preparation, like now, the preparation is there. I mean, you get, back then, they just gave you the test. Yeah, absolutely. So there go went Penn State. And even, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, exactly. And even in the preparation, they know there's a, a, there's, there's a market for it. There's a market for it. And so... The preparation, like Barron's and all those different places, cost a lot of money. But those parents, especially the Asian community, yeah, they yeah. stress education, the tiger moms and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm looking at doing this. Our first thing when we come out of it, I think it's going to be a job readiness seminar that we're going to do with That's these dope. young kids. And I'm, we're talking about kids thir 11 to 13. Because the earlier you start, the more it's ingrained. You know what I mean? Particularly from neurological, so I'm talking about neuroscience now, what we call plasticity and pruning and all this other stuff. You know, it's a lot of, you know, mumbo jumbo, but it's real. Yeah. It's real. So uh, that's 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 what we're looking to do. That's, that's big, what we're looking man. to do. That's big. But, man, on this internet, man, I'm all on Facebook, and I've seen, got me a bit upset, this woman uh, getting into an altercation with another woman. She's five months pregnant. The other woman, this took place in Alabama. I just heard about this. Yeah, and the woman shoots the uh, woman that's five months pregnant, kills the fetus. Now they want to lock her up because she started the altercation from manslaughter yeah. to the fetus. Wow. And I'm like, wow. But my whole thing is, you five months pregnant, why are you out there fighting? Well, there you go. You know what I'm saying? But just to think she's going to get locked up because the fetus got murdered, and I mean... Yeah, the viable that's, life. That's yeah. so much for abortions. I mean, I guess they can start locking everybody up now. Mm -hmm. The abortion, well, they want to do that anyway. But that's yeah, that's a real sticky situation right there. I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not. I, you know, I won't say right to life. I believe in pro-choice. I do too. You know, I believe in pro-choice. I'm not the person who has to carry a baby for nine months. You know what I mean? And that. Being pro-choice does not mean you're pro-abortion, and that's what people don't understand. I value life, and I believe, hopefully, you can carry a baby to term. There's other options. There's adoption and everything, but at the end of the day, it's that woman's right to do with her body. She has agency over her body. Because they have no rules, no laws on what a man can do with his body. Exactly the point. You know what I'm saying? So why is it rules for what a woman can do with her body? Exactly. But we can go on and on with that, man. Yeah, but yeah. another thing, man, is my man 50 Cent, man. Yo, he, this dude got to be the funniest <laughs> dude. And everybody owes this through $300,000, man. Wow, everybody. what happened? I missed this. What happened? First, the dude, uh, what's his name? The, move, the dude uh, that was in that show with him, that TV show with him. Uh. Rom T, Romney T, something like that. He's in the move on um, power. Right. He's in the um show power. He owes him three hundred thousand because he was had a record deal and some shit. I don't even know what happened. But who is the guy? Ghost? Not nah, Ghost. No. The, uh, he's the young light skinned brother. He's the one who's like he's like the head um, he drug dealer a, now. Yes, he, he got an album out now too. He wasn't the white boy Tommy. No, 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 no it's no, a brother. No. Okay, okay. I'm bad with that power show. Yeah, I don't really watch power. I only know a couple of people and the girl that took her clothes off. And then the other guy that was down with him, you know, so we was talking about in the car. Oh, uh, um, Young Buck. Young Buck. Okay, okay. He, uh, he pulls it on three times. He said, yo, if you prove that I owe you three, yeah, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you in quarters. <laughs> yo, but That's 50, funny. Yo, 50 is a funny dude, man. Good businessman. Oh, for sure. Good businessman. For sure. He, you know, 
I think they slept on him and, and thought he was just going to be ghetto and hood. And he really showed his entrepreneurial side. And that's part of things that people didn't even think about. Yeah. You man. know, the water and everything like that. But think about it. Everybody has to drink water. So he's pretty much financially set for life. For sure. And somebody else owed him money. I can't think of who it was. It wasn't Damon Dash or something. No, uh, some woman, some, he lost, some woman lost a lawsuit against him. Yes, yes. And I and can't think of what it was. I can't remember the name, but. Yeah. She, but, she, he wants his money. 50 won all his money. Y'all oh, pay yeah. 50. But funny shit, my man 50 owe, owe uh, my man uh, Busy B some money. Really? But they take care of that, though. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Should have asked him about that when he was on the show the other week. <laughs> that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. Shit, 50 ain't giving my money, man. Nah. 50 ain't giving my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corpse. Oh, we're going to go in today, Charlie. All right, all right. I'm looking forward to this. My man, Ed Papers, we know him a long time. And I definitely want to hear about this thing with the sampling, you know? I, I uh, really have an interesting perspective on that. But I guess uh, when we come back, huh? Yeah, man. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Show Shining Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion-dollar industry called hip-hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life, that is. During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. Yes, the early hip-hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip-hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Big's wine. So when I came up with the idea to create the first wine of hip-hop, Mr. Big's Wines, I started off with my wife's favorite, the Moscato. And now we have five flavors that you can choose from. Visit my website at mrbigswines.com to order your bottles today. Everybody in the street, in the street, get down to the fucking beat. We got my man on okay, the line. Okay, my man Ed Papers. What's the deal? What's the deal? <laughs> Ed Papers, a tricky tease, original. What's good, my brother? Hey, man, bless, man. I know that's yeah, right. man. How you brothers doing, man? My man Charlie R-O-C-K Rock. What's up, bro? My brother, how you doing? Tricky T in the city. What's happening, my brother? Oh, man, a whole bunch of everything, man. Just trying to stay busy, man. That's it. Okay, okay. Good, good, good. Yo, before we go on, let me ask you this, man. What's your definition of hip-hop? My definition of hip-hop, oh, man. Man, hip-hop is everything to me, man. Everything in terms of talking, walking, uh, style, everything, man. It's all incorporated in one, man. That's my definition of hip-hop, man. Something that we created and, um, you know, can't be duplicated. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Tell me something, man. Um, See, you know I got to get used to calling you Ed Papers because, you know, we go yeah. back like car yeah, season. You, you know. can call me Trick. Get 
Oh, my, my man. <laughs> there you go. Listen, two things. I, and, and Biggs and I were talking about this, and, and for the life of me, I could not remember the name of y'all's group in Edenwall. I'm talking about you, Malibu. Oh. May you rest in peace, my man. Love Squid, yes. love Squidly Diddly, my man. Yes. Yes. Thing. What was, yes. the, what was the name uh, of the crew Rocky yet? And well, we went by the name Harry of the CB crew. Uh, of what? Say uh, that again? It was called the CB crew. That was the name of our, our actual group. Yes. It was the CB crew. And um, what we did, um, kind of out of the norm, was we, we took it up north. And so we pretty much did all of our, uh, our, uh, our parties and stuff up in Mount Vernon. Yes. So with City Boy. Uh, City Boy. Somewhere on the likes of uh, with DST. Yes. Um, of course, you guys remember some of the spots in Mount Vernon, like the Rob Benders. Absolutely. Um, Garbos. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, there was another spot, too, that we uh, we used to rock out of. But pretty much, basically, what we did was uh, up in Westchester. And then um, then we took it down into the Bronx. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did your affiliation with uh, Africa Bambada and the Zulu Nation come along? Well, how that worked out, uh, it was it was funny, man. Um, back in the days, um, when we used to go to 123, I used to go to 123, and I used to see... Uh, bam, on the set, or whatever the case may be, and it's like, I said, damn, I want to touch that mic, man, so bad. It was crazy, because <laughs> it was um, it was me, Malibu, and Robski at the time. Robski, and, like, yeah. and we was just like, yo, man, we just got to get this opportunity, whatever the case may be, um, opportunity um, just to, um, you know, just to get ourselves known up in Edenwall, because there was nobody at the time, really, up in Edenwall that was representing, right. um, except Breakout. Yes. You know, Breakout used to come to Eden Wall or whatever, but we, he, he, they wasn't from Eden Wall. Right. They were from Boston Road. But uh, I had to tell you a story about that, too. That's, that's a funny story. But, yeah, man, but it was me and Malibu, man, when we started, uh, actually, when we collaborated or whatever, man, started getting a buzz, um, Bam took a liking in, in us, and then um, the rest was pretty much history, man. As far as the timeline, when did y'all think y'all, y'all started getting down? Um, to be honest with you, it was about 78, 79 when we hit the scene. About 78, 79 when we hit the scene. Yeah, that sounds about right because that's when I first remember you guys coming through the river back in the days. And and I do yeah. remember, obviously, DST up in Mount Vernon. Yeah, 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 absolutely. With, with, uh, his crew was the Infinity Four. Yeah, and we Infinity were the Machine, Four. yes, exactly. Well, we know we know um, Malibu passed on. What, what's the yeah. other members doing? You ever speak to any of them? Yes, well, I keep in touch with Rob, Brother Rob. Um, you know, he, he wind up joining the... Uh, Nation, Nation of Islam, Islam. right, right. Yes, he joined the Nation of Islam. Um, Harry O, haven't spoke to him in years. Uh, as far as I understand, he went to, he was in, involved with the FBI. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. And Brother Squig is, is still doing well. He's, um, thank God, he's uh, he's in Brooklyn. Um, he's been in Brooklyn and, you know, for a Working, yeah. doing well, doing yeah. very well. Squig, I've actually seen at, at the last couple of yeah, anniversaries, so we've actually had a chance yeah. to see him. And his, his, his aunt or niece, Deborah, Deborah Judd, Right, Deborah Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I got a chance to speak to her through him. Oh, good, good, yeah, good, absolutely, good. Yeah, I'll be here, my man. Cause now, how you go from Tricky T to Ed Papers? I mean, you started getting rich on us, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the transition. Okay, well, uh, well, a little bit about me. I mean, you know, when, when I first started, uh, when I started doing my solo stuff, right? Um, I actually, Bam, uh, got a call from these people and. From uh, some people from Wisconsin, I guess, and no, actually it was Bruno, Vito Bruno, and Roman Ricardo, who used to run the Roxy back in the day. Okay. Um, and make a song, make it real brief. 
uh, they needed somebody to go out to Wisconsin to do a show um, at the Wis- University of Wisconsin Green Bay. Mm. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so uh, Bam had me in mind. I went out there with Africa Islam and a few other, uh, it was break dancers, break dancers and graffiti guys. And, um, and to be honest with you, man, I, I have no show, no, no, I ain't nothing, man. I just had some rhymes or whatever. So I just went out there. We did it. We, we, we turned it out. Turned it out. It was Africa Islam uh, on the set and um, turned it out. So with that being said, Roman Ricardo had taken a liking in me and he asked me if I actually wanted to uh, uh, record. And I told him, yeah. He said, well, just give me a demo. He says, I have a few uh, record labels that might be interested. So I wind up doing some demos. Um, he submitted it to um, uh, Sleeping Bag Records, right. uh, which was Will Sokoroff, and um, happened to like my voice. Um, he said, okay, well, I'm going to put you in with uh, Mantronics. Wow. And that, that's how my, my solo career came about. But, uh, the first one was Johnny the Fox. Yeah. The second one was Leave It to the Drums, and the third one was I've Got It Good. That's a heck of a history right there, brother. That's a heck of a history. What, what's your, what was your favorite show that you think you, you just tore the shit down? Um, just recently, uh, about maybe three years ago, hey, hey, listen, man, to be honest with you, brothers, man, you know, don't really get booked like that, man. I, I don't get booked like that, but, uh, I, but, but through the blessings of Funkmaster Flex, um, I just did a show at B.B. King's about maybe 2010 with okay. Rakim and, uh, with B-Fats, Rakim, me, and it was another artist. And, um, if you go, if you go to Google, I mean, I'm sorry, if you go to YouTube, put in Tricky T at B.B. King's, you can see my whole thing there. See my whole my whole set. Okay. Um, right. sure, that was the one that I really rocked. I rocked BB Kings, man. That was back in 2010, 2011. I know you did something with my my man. What your relationship with Jeff Red? How did that come oh, about? That's some college stuff right there. Right? Yeah, that's college right wow. there. But what happened when I when I went to well, bitch, you know I went to Westchester Community yeah. right after you, man. Yeah. You know because my passion was football as well. And, uh, you know, if I would have stayed focused, man, who knows what, what, what would have happened, man. Yeah, I was telling him, I, I was telling you play ball because he went to Clinton and he transferred to Lehman, or do you go yeah. to Lehman and transfer? Yeah, actually, yeah, right. I played, I played with Jay Richardson, everybody, back in uh, 79, 80, transferred to Lehman, played with Doug Marone, who's now the head coach of Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I played with them. But, yeah, you know, football was my passion or whatever the case may be, but... Uh, that's okay, what's okay. What's and what we yeah. were talking about, I'm, I'm going to bring you back. We're going to rerun that. We're going right. to bring you back to the whole Jeff Red conversation. Oh, yeah, the Jeff Red conversation. So what happened, uh, I went to school, when I went to Westchester Community, um, his cousin Mitch played basketball, and I played football up there. Uh, so uh, we always used to hang out in the student center. So uh, then we used to uh, hang out, we used to go to the Roxy, uh, so forth and so on. And then um, Jeff used to come with us or whatever. And then uh, at the time, before he even uh, got signed to uh, MCA, but uh, he was all hanging out. He was all going to the Roxy, like, uh, religiously every Friday. Every oh, yeah, Saturday. Roxy was temple, we, we that's right. The Roxy. So that's how you know, me, me and Jeff got tight. Because, uh, you know, we had, I was telling you about our Old Timers reunion, and we had Jeff Red last year perform. And, right. And, and Ed was on the, on the stage, Tricky D. And, of course, I'm saying Tricky at times. I'm saying, what's Tricky doing up there with him? Being that I'm into, into, uh, in a promoting game, uh, right. I do a lot of bookings for Jeff as well now. So oh. uh, a lot of people come to me and ask me, you know, is Jeff available, whatever. I book, uh, I find out what, what the schedule is. Um, I make sure it, it, it doesn't um, interfere with uh, uh, his other, you know, other, uh, other gigs or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, uh, and I book him. 
then I get my finder's fee, and that's it. Keep and that's moving. how, you know, we, we, we rocking, man. We rolling. I've been, I've been booking Jeff, man, for about a couple of years now. Well, that's, that's good. Sure. That's, that's sure. good. That's good. I mm-hmm. like that. Now, now, as yeah. far as uh, the hip-hop, you said you, you walk, you wear, you go back. Your sneaker game, man. Your sneaker game is crazy, man. I'm, how many pairs oh, of sneakers? It, man. How many pairs of sneakers you got, man? <laughs> right now, man, I'm probably up to about maybe thirty pair. Okay. About about thirty pair. And I only wear them maybe twice, which is crazy. And I, you know, I'm getting too old to really be buying sneakers like that. But you know, sometimes you know, I have an obsession over over, over uh, sneakers, especially Nike. Nike's my favorite, so. That's what I do, man. I like to wear sneakers, man. <laughs> listen, listen, beat smoking crack, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> so you gotta, if you're going to have an obsession, have an obsession like that. You know what I mean? I, I Listen, yeah. I understand. And, 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 you know, that's actually become a very big business. Oh, yeah. With Hell sneakers, yeah. vintage sneakers, and resellers. I mean, people are making, like, oh, hundreds of dollars. Of money, yeah. They, they, they got an app, whereas you can put your sneakers online. If you have, like, classic sneakers that are not wear and tear, Right. But if if um if they're, if they're occasionally, I mean, if they're fairly new, yes. you can go online and um and sell and, and sell sneakers. Yes. And yes. Whatever yes. classics that you have, and believe me, people will pay up to like two, three hundred dollars for, for for a pair of like Bo Jacksons. Yes. Or um uh the Clyde joints, you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a big business. It's a real big business. Even the original Nike Jordans, they. I mean, I remember reading somewhere where a pair of I'm talking about old pair of Nike Jordans for like. Five thousand dollars, something crazy like yeah, that. Five thousand dollars. I was like, Yeah, those are sneakers, yeah, they man. Sneakers on auction. You won't believe. Well, a Flex had a, a sneaker expo one time at Stage Forty Eight. Remember that? You, you won't believe, man. I, I mean, how big the sneaker game is. I mean, people yeah, just that sneaker game they, is crazy. They buy sneakers. They don't care what it costs. Yo, how much is it? I'll cash app you, and, and that's how they do it, man. That's how it is nowadays, yeah. man. It's billion dollar For industry. Real. Absolutely yeah. is. A quick story, man, because I never really celebrate my birthday, you know. I'm okay. Gonna, right. So, Ed Papers, you call, your biz, man, we'll do something for your birthday. Uh, I say, yeah. Now, mind you, I don't drink, you know what I'm saying? I might have some wine. <laughs> I'm in with Ed Papers, man. I'm taking, what was that, Remy or? I think it was, uh, it was might have been some Henny. We might have had some Henny or, or, or Grey Goose, one of the two. No, it was definitely dog. It was, it was, it was Henny then. It was, it was, it was. Either Remy, Remy or, or Hennessy at the time. It was Remy. I think it was Remy. No, yeah. I'm trying to drink with this dude, man. I, yo, I had about, I stopped counting at about eight shots. Okay, okay. <laughs> yo, I'm done. I, I, done. I, I, I don't forget that day, man. We had to take you into the office, man. And, yo, uh, my brother had to come and to get me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Left my fur in it and all. That's it, crazy. It was, but, I said, man, I ain't messing with Tree no more. But I wish I'd have known in advance. That you were gonna do that, cause I'd have warned you, cause I I don't drink, but I've right. seen Tricky in action at oh, the Orient man. when they used to hang out at the Orient back in the day. Them dudes right. party right. animals, man. Yeah, yeah. Rest yeah. in peace, the Orient, man. That was an uptown icon spot that everybody migrated, even the Orient hip hop. Yeah. Because you had that's one place uptown in the Northeast Bronx that you would get, you would catch Section 5 brothers with Valley brothers, with Boston Road brothers, and Eden Wall brothers at the same time. That's just true. Up, um, just, just having a, a big camaraderie, um, drink, talk, you know, talk, talk mess, talk jokes, tell jokes. That was a big spot, man. That, that was a big influence, influential spot up yeah. in the Northeast Bronx, man. It That's was. Wow. It turned it into, it, they really turned it into a happening spot. I mean, you know, 
it was a really good Chinese restaurant. And that was like, you know, it wasn't a Chinese restaurant like, say, like Hing Loon's, where you go and get your little... It was a sit-down, you know... Where, yeah. where is it? it used to be on Boston Road. Right on Boston Road off of Baychester Avenue, Biggs. I'm going to tell you a quick story about that spot. When I was a kid, born like three years old. Okay. Four. And then I remember my mom's and my grand, because my mom's is, used to live in the Eatonwood area, those private homes over there. They had a home right. over there years ago. And they would always talk about this spot. And as I got older, they still talk about it. You know, we ain't going there. But it was a big thing where they were selling cats and dogs in that spot. Wow. And that shit was big on the wow. news and everything. That's why I asked you. That was the spot right on Boston Road. Well, yeah. you know what? I might have knocked off a dog somewhere during the time. Yeah, I, 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 I'm know. right behind you, Charlie. <laughs> man, I ate a lot of uh, beef fried rice and yeah. pork fried rice and, Absolutely. and shrimps. And Absolutely. And if you remember, Charlie, right across the street used to be Wetson. Of course I do remember, man. Used to, when I played Little League Baseball. That was at Dino? Yeah. Wet, no, Wetson's was a ripoff of McDonald's and, and Jack in the Box. Wow. And they made, it was a fast food. Didn't last long. And they right. were called Wetson's. Wetson's, right? And when I played for Bronxwood Little League, right? Okay. And okay. the Little League field was right there under the trestle. Those are all houses now across the street from Boston Seacorp. Mm. They were all houses yeah, now. Yeah, back field over yeah, there. Yeah, and you still have to go down in the gully, and that's where we played Little League baseball. And after yeah. the game, we go to Wetson. And right, instead, right. Of, yeah. they would have You know what they was like? Man, if you come into America and Mr. McDowell was ripping off McDonald's, yeah, right, you had yeah, McDowell's, yeah, yeah. McDowell's, he had the big right. Mick. Well, Wetson's had the big W. Right. Exactly. And they had the two little clowns. They were brother and sister, Sonny and Weddy. Wow. Oh, it was hilarious. Those are some memories. And I'm you know, Wetsons, yeah. you gotta go back about oh, almost fifty years for Wetsons. Because wow. it hasn't been around. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I only knew so, one Wetsons in my entire life and like I said, I haven't known of it existing any time past up, I was twelve. Uptown thing. Yeah, so yeah. Growing up uptown, uh, you know, our, our day of life was, uh, being young, was going to Wetson's. Right, here's the routine. We'll go to Wetson's. We'll keep continue to walk into the valley. There used to be a, uh, there's a cookie shop. In the, the cookie valley. shop, right? That's right. That's right. The cookie right, store. So there's a cookie shop, right? And right, and then right after the cookie shop, we'll go to Hafen Pool. Right there. We used to go to Hafen Pool. Hafen's in the valley. That's absolutely right. I remember they yeah. built that pool. Because, yeah. like, like I said, my home was right over there. Yeah. Right. I was actually born right. in the valley instead. Bronx wow. River Cap, born in the valley. Wow, that's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. And you're absolutely right. We used to go to Hafen Pool, and we're going from Gun Hill, mm -hmm. all right? Okay. And okay. so we would get on the train, like, you'd go to 180th and catch the five. Okay, and come and back up. Exactly, mm -hmm. and come back up. But, you know, we didn't always have money. You know how that goes. Right. Yeah. And so we used to climb that little hill where the trestle would climb up in the middle of the track, and that's how we would hop the train. Yeah. <laughs> we would climb up the middle and come over that the hole in the fence and come right there. And I remember the okay. cookie, the cookie store. We used to get the the, the day old cookies, yeah, right. the cookie factory. And yeah. right hey, next man, to it, if you walk by that cookie spot till this day, I think it still exists. It does. It does. By that cookie spot. Wow. On a summer day like today, and you smell you the aroma smell down the, the block. Mm. You can oh, smell the cookies. Fresh baked cookies, man. Yes. I know everybody appreciates some fresh baked cookies. That's for sure, with a cold glass of milk. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and then you had the cookie spot, but then it would be mixed. Remember, they used to have the livestock place where they used to sell the chickens. Right, right. 
and which is what black over, right? Exactly. And you can smell that too. So you oh, got a mixture oh, of good cookies, yeah, nasty that, that ass chicken thing. carcasses. It was the cookies, the, the hands of the chickens. <laughs> exactly. And you can make your way. Yep, yep. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Those are some memories, brother. Those are some different yeah, memories. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was, it was some good memories. Um, you know, also, just, just getting back to the hip hop thing, um, you know, uh, it was one time, I think we had, well, I know we brought Bam up to Eden Wall one time, and we brought. We had a. Here's the thing. We had a. We had a. Uh, a quarrel with with the Fantastic Five in Yonkers one time, right? Uh-huh. We was at the spot called Jackson Street in Yonkers. Okay. And and they got on. We got on. They was. They was. They were. We were going back and forth. Oh, y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll this is battle. Whatever. Uh, I think Cool Herc took a took a win, took a liking in us as well. And actually, Cool Herc was the one that booked us the first time in the T connection and wow. to do that battle with the with the Fantastic Five. The only thing with that battle, we had we were, were missing we was missing one MC. It was me me, Robski and Malibu. Harry O didn't make it that day. Harry O was nice too. Yeah, Harry O was real nice. Oh yeah. He was nice with his. He was nice. And Rob used to put together the routine. Okay. I used to put together the pass and the mic and Malibu, forget it, man. You know, he 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 could he he would have been who God knows, you know, where he would have been, man. Yeah, alive, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, Malibu is another brother who died young, you know, yeah, through tragic circumstances man. and everything Over like that. Over some nonsense up so, in Eden Wall, man. Yeah, was, absolutely. Nah. So how did the yeah. battle turn out? I'm sure I was there. Cause I ain't miss uh, it was, it, it was, uh, <laughs> we, we handled ours because we had routines just like they had routines. The only thing is that we, we had to do Harry O's routine at the time. Without Harry and, O. Um, yeah, so it, I would say it, it was, uh, it came to, they might have got us because of the fact that they had their whole crew and we only had three. But the beautiful about that thing, we became good brothers and we invited them to Eden Wall when we had the, uh, we had the sound system with Richie Livingston from Mount Vernon. And we, we, we invited them up to Eden Wall and um, we got on the set and they, they got on the set. And uh, we've been brothers ever since, man. That, that little camaraderie brought us to, together as, as brothers, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the difference between the hip-hop back then and the hip-hop now. You know what I'm saying? Back then, yeah. like, we battled and that was it. You know what I'm saying? We we still boys. Yeah. Now motherfuckers yeah. got beef. They want to shoot each other. They start snitching on each other. Motherfuckers is locked up. They disrespecting right. people, uh, family members. Yeah. This shit was never like that, man, when we was doing it, man. Well, nah, because, you know, it was something that we that we love to do, um, the money wasn't even an issue back then. Not at it all. It wasn't like, there. You know, <laughs> as it is now, you know, the money is, of course, you know, the money is pretty much the main drive of everybody now doing what they do. But when we started, you know, you just if, wanted to be on the mic. Went to Bronx River or wherever, just to get on the, get on the stage, man, that, that was just something, man, just to have notoriety like that. You know, that, that was my that was my thing. You know, it, it, like I said, it, it came from the heart. That hip hop shit came from the heart. That shit just wasn't. It wasn't no money driven. None of that shit back then. Not at all. Not You're at all. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And these kids today is making all kinds of money, man. Like, whew. oh please, man. Oh please. I ain't man. mad you at them though. Watch these guys. And then you know what's crazy now? These these new generation guys, man, are blessed in the position to do what they do. But getting in trouble, man. You got you got Kodak Black uh, doing all this crazy nonsense, talking all, talking all reckless, you know, over, over Nipsey Hussle's uh, death and yeah. uh, what he gonna do with his with his um with his with his wife. His widow. And then you got Little Baby, who now who I think he has probably the number one song in the country right now. He just 
got into some nonsense uh, over something. They beat up somebody, and, and it, it's, it's it's crazy. Like I, I can't. I mean, look at look at six nine. I mean, this kid is just blowing up, and all of a sudden he he gets in all this trouble with a murder charge and this that and the other. And, now he's locked up. These dudes is just leaving millions on the on the table for some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, over some bullshit. Over well, you bullshit. know, but see, they don't have the right managers around. They don't have the right. They, what they need is proper guidance. You know, if if, if I was if any three of us would have managed one, one any three of them, you guarantee they wouldn't be in no trouble because they you, they have to look the other way. And regardless, I, if somebody call you a punk or this and that, yo, you gotta look the other way. Well, you know, you know, you know I always thought I would I could manage. I would. Have wanted to manage the um, DMX. Oh, yeah, man, I guarantee yeah. you, yeah. if I had DMX under my wings, he would not have gotten none. That all that he'd have been, he'd have got a little high. But I, you know, your DM, you gonna get a little high, man. I'm gonna break your shit up. I'm breaking everybody else that's so they be they'd have been scared to sell him anything. Right. <laughs> that's right. how crazy it was, man. Imagine. Yeah. But that's that dude, man. I always like that that dude, man. That dude, he should have been the biggest thing in hip hop for none. Like that dude just he had he had it, you know. And then yeah. when I read his book, I was like, yo, this this kid, man, he never had a chance, man. His his Oh, he comes from a rough, rough yeah. a rough existence. And yes, he, he still, does. And he made it out, man, but he was an intelligent brother. Yeah. And this dude was highly intelligent. Yeah, but very, he just, very intelligent. But he didn't have nobody when to he, say, when yo, you my start man. preaching the word, yeah. you know what you're talking about, man. It, it, you know, you woo people. You know, Absolutely. you yeah. people. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, Charlie and, and Biggs, you know, back in the days when um, we all used to go up to Yonkers or whatever, man, that's Skullbound. Slowbomb, yes. You from School Street, <laughs> but Slowbomb and School Street, man, we from Slowbomb. DMX uh, is from School Street. Yeah. Right. And let me tell you, those are some rough, rough projects. Oh, oh, those <laughs> are projects for real. For real. Yeah, right. we, I real, real. Yeah. we rolled up there a couple of times, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, another thing with, with, with the people, to, and just to wind it up, because we're running low on time, you okay. know, a lot of these younger generation MCs because that's what it really is about now it's the rap game it's not even hip hop it's the rap game because it's an industry but yes. they want to emulate a lifestyle that they believe is romanticized the glorified the gangster street lifestyle because they believe that that gives them validity or credibility right and right. there's a lot right. of cats who are in the ground from that my man what uh what Tupac Tupac yeah. he went out there over to California and started doing out of play, and he doesn't understand that that's a whole other thing yeah, over there on the West Coast. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. We're talking about people. It's a whole different animal. animal. We're talking about and, people you know, who are in it for generations. We're talking about people in that blood crypt thing there that are actually in corporate America and are still down. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so right. you coming in there and try to be all, man, said my man will let, and that's what they did. They lit him up. So, yeah, uh, man, yeah. tricky man. It was nice having you, man. Nice talking to you, man. Nice yeah, I appreciate going you back to the past before, with you. Before actually, uh, you know, let me do the interview with you guys, man. I wish we could stay on. We could talk for another hour or so, man. <laughs> but, uh, I really appreciate you guys, man. And Biggs, man, and Charlie, I keep doing what you're doing with this podcast, man. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's very nice. And uh, I was definitely checking out the one you did for Better Alert. Um, right. You guys are on to something. And um, I wish you nothing but the best, fellas. Hey, what My you brother. got coming up, man? Oh, man. Well, real quick. Um, Wednesday... Uh, this Wednesday coming, July 3rd, I'm doing an after-work barbecue up in White Plains at the Sugar Shack. You guys are more than welcome to come. I got to okay. get my wine up in there, man. That, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, Odell, he, he never called you. No. 
All right, you, babe, you need to come up, man. I'm going to Odell, too, and I'm going to let him know, man. Like, I told him to give you a call. All he right. said he would, but so. I, that's, I'll, get, I'll get that together. All right. Um, and just for... I got a boat ride coming up. Um, August 17th, I got a barbecue. Uh, I'll keep you in the loop, uh, Big. So All right. You, you keep Charlie in the loop, man. You yeah. Guys, well, I know I'm going to see you on July 13th. I know you're going to stop by Old Timers Reunion, right? Olinville Old Timers Reunion, oh, yeah, like so you I'll did last year. Yeah, you'll see us there. Absolutely. Absolutely. July 13th, I'll be over there. All, All right, right my brother. Chick. Peace. Be safe, brother. Right. Peace All out, right. y'all. One love. One. This podcast has been brought to you by Mr. Big's Wines, along with Mr. Big's Sons Corp. Oh, man, it was good talking to my man, Trick. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, he brought back some memories, even, you know, pre-hip-hop. That was a heck of a conversation with my man, Tricky T, now known as Ed Papers. He's doing big things, Mr. Biggs. He's doing yeah, big, yeah. big things. I'm proud of him. And, you know, he, he talked about some things uh, pre-hip-hop. I'm talking about the innocence of being a child. You know what I mean? I don't think kids today get that opportunity. You know, I'm talking about playing Little League Baseball. You know, for you, maybe Pee Wee Football, Pop Warner, things like that. You got these young kids, they're growing up so fast. Playing video games. Absolutely. They, yeah, they spend most of their time playing video games. I remember a young boy talking about how he could play ball because he scored X amount of, on the video game. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, yeah, yes, he was dead serious, too. I was like, wow. You know, it's just they're, they were totally sedentary lifestyle. There's no way. You know, summertime is just here, right? And I can see me after school. This is the first day of summer, man. Yeah. Going happened. to the pool. Doing something. And hanging out. And, 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 you know, I couldn't wait for that. You know what mm. I mean? So that whole thing he was talking about going to Halfin's pool, that was a big part of my growing up, man. built that, man. Yeah. But Charlie, yeah. I got my man on on the line from the West Coast. Oh, my, my listen. He's I'm looking be, forward to this. Yeah, he's going to be talking about um, sampling and uh, you're going to yeah. go on in there. Hey, um, before we, <clears throat> before I go on, man, I need you to say your name because I, I, Charlie okay. asked me your name and I <laughs> said, man, I, I know if I even attempt to say that name, I'm going to mess it up. See, too many okay, consonants me, in it. Let me Okay, so it's Eridu Asher, um, Ginger Ilanu Tahotem. I am named after three, so I am named after a city that was designed by Cain, or Cain who built it for his, for his son Enoch. And so Enoch is the Hebrew equivalent to the Sumerian name Eridu. Eridu in Iraq, the land of Nod Shinar, the area that, of course, Cain built, and then later on, um, Nimrod became the the uh, the ruler of that area of Babylon, and he named it after himself, Shinar. And so, Dinjer Ilanu is God Elohim in Akkadian. And so, Tahotep, Tahotep is a, was a scholar that wrote, was one of the first Egyptologists in Egypt. He was from the royal family. He was a Hyksos king, a shepherd king. That would mean if he was, he was from the line of Joseph, when when Abraham came to the Mitzrayim, known as Egypt, um, Joseph was there, and so his offspring Tahotep come. The word Hotep and Ta Ta P T A H, 
Ptah, of course, in Egyptology and mythology, was was a, known as the creator. He was basically the beginning, of just like Atum. Atum is the equivalent to Adam. That's, of course, in our culture, and that's how we recognize it. But so I am named after three uh, three different. But what did, uh, what, what did they call people. you for short? <laughs> Both of you, Charlie Rock and Soul Sonic Biggs, the founding the founders of Zulu Kings. First of all, I want to thank you for even how it's an honor to even talk to both of you and to even discuss the history of, of hip-hop culture and how sampling was introduced by no, no other than David DMX, uh, the founder, uh, basically the, the pioneer and framer of looping records. Okay. You know, him and, you know, for, David DMX was a, was, a big, was a big deal because he was looping the records. Now, and of course, after that, you had, you had many people who then, DJ Molly Mall, who was truncating... Who truncated the, the, the would truncate the um, the drum instead of looping a record? He was truncating the drum tracks down to the notes. You know the snare, the hi hat, and the and the, and the kick drum. That of course he 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 did he displayed that by when you played when when he played um, when when he sampled from the Honey Drippers and Peace the President. That was a very pioneering track. Just the drum track alone, the loop, but then he truncated. And then you had the man Paul C. Unfortunately, he passed away very early. Oh, who 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 pioneered a lot of the techniques and methods of how to use the SP twelve hundred in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I remember and the SP twelve hundred. Then came and Cedric Miller, Ultra and C. Said G. T. R. Love and Mo Love. They introduced a a method and trend of sampling that no one had ever done, and they introduced the sci-fi. They introduced science fiction. However, I do want to correct this. I know Grandmaster Flash introduced Flash Gordon. He was one of the first to take a Flash Gordon record. Yes. You had MCs who used, you know, for example, uh, Charlie Rocket and Soul Sonic Biggs. Of course, you already, the fact you use Soul Sonic Force, you're already the, the word Soul Sonic. You have Sonic and Force. That's already sci-fi. So really, you pioneered that. You really did. I don't know if anyone cites that, but I do. I cite that. Well, let me tell I you like something, Tahoe Tab. Let me tell you something, and it's funny that you should mention that. Just to get a, a quick word in, um, many years ago, I had done myself as long as, as well as Mr. Biggs. We were involved in the actual first interview, a first article done on hip hop by Steve Hager. Mm, who, amazing. as you know, is amazing. is the writer of Beach Street, the screenwriter for Beach Street. That's right. And I am actually yep. quoted in there, and I remember telling him that I thought, and I'm years later, actually, sure. talking about that Bambada for me was the first human sampler. And I'll oh, tell you yes. why I would say that. Bam, and Mr. Biggs obviously came back that we were there for that. Bam, the thing about going to a Bambada party, a Zulu Nation party, and we're there. Right. Is you you're never there. knew. You there you are go. In the flesh, Zulu Nation. Absolutely, and you never knew what you were going to hear. I remember when Bam battled Herc at the PAL, yeah, and that's really crazy. what got Bam on the map. Because prior to that, we know Bam because we're his crew, and everybody yeah, in the you, sound you, area knows him and everything. But to everybody else, Bam was a myth. He was this guy with a funny name who had this army of Zulus who would jack you up, and he played all these crazy records. So when he played right. with, with Herc at the PAL. And Bam brought out the Pink Panther, yep. and Andy Griffith. Yeah, you know, and so things right. like that. You never knew what you were going to hear. And then he played that plate out to about Zulu Rain and Hell, one yeah, of the first right. plates. But you know what? What really got at that battle 
because I remember that day clear. He had a badass toothache, and we didn't have all the <laughs> we didn't have all our speakers with him. Yes, Sinbad and uh, I remember that. Soup, they went back to get the other speakers. That's right. And that's Sinbad. when he came oh, back. Yes. He came out with um, nobody played this shit. And Herc had the, the Herculoids, the speakers, they going. Yeah, I remember he tried to drown Bam out right. at one point, kept playing. And we had, we hooked other, we had, we brought another, um, the amp, the Macintosh Yeah, amps. Big Mac, yes. We had two of them since now. Right. And then he threw on that, we will, we yeah. will <laughs> rock you. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The crowd went crazy. They said, yo, what the yes, fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Africa Bimbar, DJ Africa Bimbar, it is true that, he is a master of records. That's that's because he was creative with records. They were. It's true. He, you know, DJing. You know, I I know. I remember. I know that DJ Wizkid when he was alive. Yes, you know, he was very fast. You know, yes. and then Grandmaster Flowers, and they yeah. were very fast DJ. They were quick on the scratch. You know, and they would. You would sample records by the merry-go-round method. You know, cool Herkins, and then he brought, he introduced that merry-go-round, and that that was a, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of what the term called sampling. However, what predated that was when it was when it was David DMX to actually use a sampler, and he used the, he actually used a device that was they had the Fairlight in 1979. Mm. The Fairlight synthesizer came I remember out. Remember that. And after that, you had the Sinclair. That was mm. that was featured in Beach Street. Yeah, I remember the Sinclair. And also the Bill Cosby Show. Yes, when, yes. When, and, and and also the Fairlight was used by Herbie Hancock on and John and Quincy and, and um, Quincy Jones. You see videos about him, uh, uh, Herbie Hancock teaching Quincy Jones how to map out music. Now this is a history that goes that predates hip hop about fifteen twenty years, and there was a man. Yeah, you. I'm gonna tell you. I know that. I, I was the reason why I mentioned his this history of sampling, and it's true. The DJs, they were they were imitating and emulating. In fact, they were you know cool Herc. You have cool. So you have cool Herc who's who's merry-go-round on the record. He's catching the record. He's catching the beat with the needle. Of course, and then you have Grandmaster Flash late, earlier that comes right after. Well, first you have Grandmaster Theodore who, who invents the scratch. He's scratching. DST comes along, invents the, tr it transforms the scratch on Earth Beat in 1984, Future Shock album. That's when you first hear it. He's transforming there. Then, you. it's funny because Flash is showing you in the early years. In fact, Flash, Wiz Kid, um, Daughter Rock, Tex, all these cats. Are, are, there's Charlie Chase, uh, Master C, Crazy A. These people are emulating. They're, they're playing the records. And they are merry-go-rounding the records. They're catching the beat. And Flash is catching the beat. And that is sampling, but on a turntable. But it wasn't It wasn't till it really wasn't until David DMX was looping it with a keyboard. And he's the first to do that, and that. But but what predated him and a lot and Molly Mall and the rest of them was a man by the name of Bruce Hack. Bruce Hack is the father of sampling. The first record he ever sampled was in nineteen. So he started in the nineteen sixties, but it was in nineteen sixty-eight. The, the the Rolling Stones came out with an album, and it was that record. That um, I think it was. Uh, that, it was a record. Is that Sticky Fingers or Exile on Main Street? That the uh, that oh what was it what was it that Rolling Stones came out with, 
And Bruce Hack is sampling it with a device that he invented. He created a, a device that loops records. But not only did he loop it, he actually was pause mixing. So what he was doing, he is pause mixing. It's called, it, now, this type of style, was it, it, sampling wasn't even termed yet until 70s. Uh, 70, in the 1970s, the Fairlight Corporation started coining the word sampling. They thought this was called sampling. But, there, but before it was called sampling, it was called con, it was, uh, music concrete. And this is, this is a European idea. This idea was started by people in the 1800s. But it was, it was Bruce Hack and James Tenney. You put, you, Charlie Rock, I know you heard of James Tenney, Collage One. You've heard, I know you've heard of that because this is where they're sampling Elvis Presley and the records are, you, it always is tape decks. Is tape decks, you know, reversing and going forward and yes. all that kind yes. of stuff. It was called instrumental music or experimental music. Yes. But Bruce Hack is the first. He predates sampling in hip hop by 20 years. Wow. And so what he did was he sampled. In fact, I'm going to send you guys a link. I'm going to send you guys, I'm going to send you, both to you, and so you can hear it. You're going to hear him pause mixing uh, a record, and it's repeating. It's like, it's like, but there's no, he's not using turntables. He's actually using a device that he created. Now, he did not invent the sampler. The what, samplers was already being, he did not invent the sampler. What Rolling Stones song was, was that? Yeah. He predates Kraftwerk. What Rolling Stones, what, what Rolling Stones song was it? What Rolling Stone album? Oh, no, no, one second here. It was on, okay, so this album, let me look at here. I'm looking through this, like, so the record that, that the record, Rolling Stone record that he came out with, so the truck, let me, one second, let me go look at this real quick. It's the, the album that is featured on is Captain Entropy. This was in 1974, and okay. he's always sampling. So let me show you. Let me let me get you. Let me show you the record that he's using here. So so this record is um, uh, one second. Uh, Rolling Stones. And by the way, Charlie Rock. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to thank you and Soul Sonic Bass both for correcting who invented the mixer or who came up. Because <laughs> DJ Cool D had the mixer, the disco, the GLI disco. 3800, and I know that Karis once said, Grandmaster Flash invented the mixer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He invented, what Grandmaster Flash came out with was called the Flash Formula. Well, what Grandmaster Flash did, to stop you one second, what Grandmaster Flash actually did, because he was an electrician by trade, and he made his own mixer, but he didn't invent anything. It already existed. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. He had that pickaboo system that didn't exist before. He's right, that's true. Yes. So he did it. He did, so that's what they're going off of. Yeah, because I, he put in the tie. He put in his own toggle so, yeah, switch and things I, of that nature. Yeah, I, I remember hearing him, Grandmaster Flash, talk about. And by the way, Grandmaster Flash is one of the first teachers of instruction to teach DJing. He goes back far. I mean, because every time you listen to him, he's telling you what he's doing. He's teaching you what he's doing. Yeah. Him and Krista Glove Taylor were like that. Krista Glove Taylor, of West Coast, first Zulu member, by the way, in the West Coast. So the, um, let me give you the first record. Rolling Stone's first album was in 1968. Yeah, man, this is this oh, is some man. real good, interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, while you're looking, I want to say something about, you know, with the sampling. And I think one of the major contributions of sampling is the fact that it introduced newer generations to old classic R&B hits. I mean, you know, I look at my, yes, my, my I look at my daughter who obviously is quite a number of years younger than me, who is very yeah. well-versed in 70s soul, not only because me as her father, 
but because many of the records that she heard myself and her mother, may she rest in peace, play, and even her grandmother prior to that, wound up being sampled in a lot of the music from the 90s. You know, I remember if we, were talking right. about, we were talking about DMX, yeah. for example, and his first record, mm-hmm. where he's using Instant Love. Right. And I remember I was playing Instant Love in the house, and my daughter said to me, she was a teenager at the time, she said to me, Daddy, you into DMX? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, that's DMX. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I you said, get a lot of that from Exactly. The and I said, no, baby, that's the main ingredient. That's instant love. I'm going to say, I let you know. And so she started listening to a lot of my music because of that. So I think sampling played a huge record to resurrecting a huge, a huge, to resurrecting classic yep. R&B. And in fact, even some obscure R&B. Beyonce's Crazy in Love. Yeah, that was uh, that shylights. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. and, and, right. and yeah, and most people would not know that at all, but she made it famous. Yeah. So so it, it's played a huge yeah. role in in R and B for sure. Otep, before we go on, I need to know your definition of hip hop. So hip, my definition of hip hop is this. I know the definition of hip hop is it's it's being creative first of all. It's being it's take hip hop to me is taking, is listening to every, like the Jubilaries. Listen to the Jubilaries, Preacher and the Bear. Pulling, like, like Charlie Rock said, you take a record like that, you take a record and you bring it back. You take, you take it from the past and you bring it to the present, you know, and you are creative with the turntable. You're creating something that was already existing, but you actually are modifying it. You have you have a speaker or you know people like the last poets. You have you have a speaker who speaks over that music. Hip hop to me basically in its truest form. First of all, had me so sorry for us, you guys. That's hip hop because you guys invented. Basically, you were there. You were there. You you helped framed it. First of all, and take hip hop to me is taking music that was already done, like Charlie Rock just mentioned, and bringing it to the future, to resurrecting old tracks. And manipulating it, modifying it, and doing something with a track that was never done before. Absolutely. And creating, and you have a theme, and you're speaking. You're basically preaching on the mic is what you're doing. That's what hip-hop is. In the close style, it's being creative. It's doing something, it's taking something from nothing and doing something with it, really. There you go. And that's yeah. what hip-hop has done. That's what hip-hop, for 40 years I've been listening to hip-hop since 1980. And, you know, I, oh, by the way, the group I was talking the record is this it, it, the the, uh, the record that that we're talking about is it's called this this is going to be this is blasphemy but it's called their it's called their Satanic Majesty's Request. Oh yeah, that's, their Satanic Majesty's Request. That's one of their famous albums. Absolutely, that's with Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah, yeah, that record right there is what Bruce Hack sampled on the Kent Captain Entropy. You know, by the way, Soul Sonic and Charlie Rock. There's a whole new generation of people that I'm with now. And first of all, I want to thank Soul Sonic Biggs for even giving me the permission. And Charlie Rock, I'm going to put you there too because you're one of the first generation B boys. I too am one. I, I'm, I'm 1980. You came from what 1970s. So you're already first. You already framed the B boy. You guys were all, you're a one B boy. You already yes. framed it. Thank you so, so much. I'm, I'm alongside with you. I thank, thank you. you guys for giving me the permission to use a Soul Sonic Force name for a Zulu chapter. I'm not UZN. No, I am. I am the. I am. I'm, I'm Zulu Nation, but not Universal Zulu Nation. So Charlie Rock, Soul Sonic Biggs gave me permission. I asked him, can I use your name, the Soul Sonic Force name, for a Zulu chapter? And the mission statement is 
looking for the perfect beat. Yes, and that's sir. what I've always been doing. Yes, and now sir. you do that. You're searching records. That's and right. now there's a whole new group of people right now. i got to mention them. Now, they're called master builders. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but these group of people have taken hip-hop to the, like, they have taken hip-hop, they've, they've sampled movies, they're sampling cartoons, similar to what Molly Mall did in the early 80s. They're sampling cartoons. And, and, and you know you have you have a lot of you know MC Shannon and Molly Mall. Molly Mall did a great job on his album on those albums. And there's groups like Master Builders. There's a guy named Lord Gamma. There's a guy named Apocalypse. He's an MC. These are people. Uh, Stranger Danger and I. We're working on an album right now. Um, and we're gonna be we're gonna when it comes out, I'm gonna give you guys a copy. And we have a lot of great music on there. A lot of stuff from. Every everything, music from the me, you know, like anything, everything from Bob James to to the Meters, Babe Ruth, all that kind of stuff. So we we kind of still stick. I still stick with the old with the similar of said G. I still have a said G style of beats and Jay Dillon and Q Tip and Prince Paul and the Forty Five King, which you guys all know. Right. So I want to thank both of you for giving me permission to even use the name Soul Sonic Force. Ever since I've done that. It's been respect. It's been getting respect. There's no, there's no violence to it. There's no problems because I'm not with Universal Zulu Nation. I'm no longer a member. I restructured the Zulu chapter in Nevada, and what we are doing is I have a number of members. Master Builders is a group of people who are sampling lo-fi Charlie Rock. You know, remember what? Hey, remember the SP1200? Remember yep, the yes, Sky? Yep. MPC 60, yep. the lo-fi sound chips they had, the ratio speed on there. The yes. So we're sampling records. We're truncating the records to the note. We're replaying the drum tracks. And we're, we're playing, you know, people like, uh, Ch there's, a guy named, there's a guy named Lord Bijitsu. He's, he reintroduced the kung fu, the kung fu fighting um, movie style like RZA that RZA established, but then you don't hear too much of it no more. We've we've gone. We've expanded all that. Uh, Bijitsu, Lord Bijitsu, Bijitsu has has produced Knife Prince from Wu Tang Clan, but they don't give him credit. Bijitsu, I'll send you all these guys' mm. material. I want you to see what you think because th this is really great hip hop. Hip hop to me is DJing and grabbing. That's what Bambara did then originally, and you guys did the same thing. You know, you're a b boy. What's a b-boy, a break boy? You guys are break dancing, you're burning, you're graffitiing, you're writing stuff with themes. Just having you're, fun. You're, you know, you're, you're preaching positivity. No matter what religion one person may be, you guys framed a nation of people with morals. That's what you both did, and I know this for a fact. You, you talk, if, that, if it wasn't for both of you, I wouldn't be in hip-hop. <laughs> a lot of people should be thanking you for framing the culture itself. You guys were a big part of that, and so sampling. You guys had a part of that. You saw it in the beginning, like I did. My grand, my uncle is Mick Gillette from Tower Power. Wow! Oh, that's one of my favorite groups. Listen, yeah, we yes, have sir. to go, but only because we could talk about this till the next millennium. But since we only have a little bit of time, we're gonna have yeah. to come back to you another time. We got to do a part two to this, my brother, because you have a heck of a lot of history to bring yeah, to I us. I have a lot to say, you know, Charlie Rock. Thank you. I, I have, a, and it's a, I appreciate you. Like I said, I want to. There's, there's a lot of groups that are coming out that I'm involved with that are under the Soul Sonic Force name. Okay. Okay. And they're, well, they're great people. We're gonna hang on, hang on one yeah. second. 
Because you're going to have to save some of this for the next show, brother. You know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. save some. Because you're going to give us all of it at one time. What are we going to do? What are we going to come back to? So, no, you're right. <laughs> but, Otep, man, I'm going I'm to I'm reach and, out and to you. you know, if, yeah. if you want to continue this as a series, I'm ready to do it. I, I'm yeah, on definitely. You. So, Very Otep, you, we're going to we, we running out of time here, but I'm going to call you, and we're going to set up another interview so we can go on and on. All right? It was, it was nice. It was. Remember, DJ Hollywood is hip hop. A lot of people don't see that, but I know he <laughs> was. And just like you guys, Charlie Rock and Soul yes. Sonic Biggs, you framed the culture. You invented it. You are the patriarchs. You are the men of the name. You are the giants and the champions of hip hop culture. My man. It's an honor to speak with you, brother. Take care. All right. Man, that was that, a lot of you, stuff. That was a lot of information, man. You know, that was I, a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Mr. Biggs, it is really weird, rare that I am overloaded. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so really if was, rare. If you was overloaded, I just, <laughs> But that sampling shit, like, every, I mean, sampling is 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 hip-hop. Like, yeah. people are eating off of uh, records that's getting sampled. Absolutely. And, and it, not only that, but it introduced a lot of urban teens to other genres of music and other acts. I mean, look at Walk This Way. Right. Who right. knew about it? Well, we did because I tell people, remember, we were playing Toys in the Attic back in the days mm-hmm. before before DMC. That's how they knew about it. You know what I mean? But we're looking at, I, I was listening to, um, what's the name of my joint? The Uptown Anthem. Uptown, baby. Do, 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 do. With Peter Guns and Lord Tariq. Right, right, right. People don't know that track is Black Cow, Steely Dan from Asia. There you go. You know, real fusion jazz band. So, you know, it introduced a lot of people to other genres, particularly younger people. And I said to older artists and, you know, he mentioned the cartoons, Mr. Biggs. Let me tell you, I'm a, a dream of mine because, you know, I, I always say I'm going to make a comeback rapping one day, you know. <laughs> Not that I was ever anywhere in the first place to come back to, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I always thought about making a rap joint and sampling the part of the theme from Hey Arnold. Yeah. I love that joint. Like, they got the clans. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. man, I mean, funky. listen, it's jamming, and I'm like, wow, it's just. But you know, you know. what's crazy, man? As far as sampling, um, Planet Rock is the most sample record in hip hop history. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And I ain't mad at them. Y'all keep sampling. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Big Man. Not to sell any more of that uh, wine there. If you oh, keep sampling man. that record. ATK, what's the wine of the week? I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Biggs better be so selling that wine that keeps sampling his music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the wine of the, the wine of the week is that Cardella Rose Pinot Rose. Now it's it's like a sparkling Pinot Noir. It's it's kind of sweet, but it creeps back up on you. Oh, okay. So it's from Italy, of course, mm-hmm. and it goes good with veal, pork, chicken. Um, fish, anything. Yeah, I like right. it. It do, it do. It's got a nice bubbly. It tastes pretty good. Okay, it does taste mm-hmm. really good. So, so where can we get that? So you could get that. You could go on Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp, or you go on my Twitter. It's Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp. Instagram is also Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp. You know what? I, I got a question for TK. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Because I listened to you, TK the Connoisseur. How long does it take you to master the names of those wines? Oh, it don't take long at all. Okay, because. My my older brother told me, you ain't got to worry about two things, coaching football and wine. <laughs> so you managed to become an expert at both. Of course. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at your nephew, not at all. 
Oh, oh wow. man. This was... podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. Man, Charlie, this was... That was an enlightening was show. I mean, you know, from Ed Papers, our brother Ed Papers. We know him for many, many years, obviously. And uh, my brother, Hotep. I'm just going to call him Hotep. Oh, that's, that's his name, Hotep. I, Hotep. Hotep. Well, yeah, but you know... <laughs> It was a lot of information. It was a, a quite a bit of information. I, and you know what? I can identify when someone is passionate about a topic mm-hmm. because they're just, they'll, they're, you know, you just go on because you'll never get tired of talking about it. I have certain topics, history and things like that, that I'm really passionate about and I can go on and on. So I can identify and understand, you know, That's where the brother was at. And he had a lot of great information, things lot, that I certainly did lot, not know. A lot of information. But man, if you if you listening to this podcast, you have any questions... Um, hit me up. Hit me up at Soul Sonic Biggs. Facebook, Soul Sonic Biggs. All right, all right. I, I don't know if I want them to hit me up, but why not? You know, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Anthony G. Horn on Facebook. There you go. Man, that was good. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That was good. So, Mr. Until Biggs, Until next week, it? man. Until next week. All right. Quite informed, man. I'm a- Boy, showed us some love with all that sampling stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew a lot of stuff. I, I yeah. mean, you know, I, 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 the, the technology and everything, I, I was Came like... a long way. Yeah, yeah, Came absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I, I always talked about referring to Bambada as the first version of sampling because, bam, I mean, he would just put yeah. in some crazy stuff. The Andy Griffith Show, the Pink Panther, things that you wouldn't hear anything about.